The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about whether the future of marketing is here or not. Joining us is Matthew Sweezy, who is the Director of Market Strategy at Salesforce, which is the world's most recognized customer success platform. Salesforce's social and mobile cloud technologies, including their flagship sales and CRM application, help companies connect with customers, partners, and employees in entirely new ways. Matthew is also the author of the HBR book, The Context Marketing Revolution, and the award-winning Electronic Propaganda Society podcast miniseries. Yesterday, Matthew and I talked about if the marketing revolution is right in front of us. And today, we're going to continue the conversation and talk a little bit about whether Salesforce and some other big companies are in the center of the marketing universe. Okay, here's the rest of my conversation with Matthew Sweezy, Director of Market Strategy at Salesforce. Matthew, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, man. Good to be back. Great to have you here. We covered a ton of ground. I am in love with yesterday's podcast. If anybody (laughs) didn't listen to it, you got to go back. The gist of our conversation was there's an inflection point where people started creating more content than ever before. There's a change in the media landscape. So that's changed how consumers are thinking about marketing and marketers need to shift their mindset from basically pushing out messages about their product to understanding what their customer experiences are and building touch points around the experience. Am I recapping this all right? Yeah, it's pretty accurate. All right, good. I was listening, I promise. (laughs) We're going to continue the conversation, talk a little bit about the revolution, but I want to focus in first and foremost about who are some of the companies that are in the center of this change? Now, you work at Salesforce, which is a company that I think is really interesting in terms of its positioning in the MarTech industry. Originally, I thought of it as a sales tool. It's a CRM. It's something for, you know, the guys in the suits that are trying to bring in revenue. And it's morphed into something that has a BI component, something that's into marketing automation. It is, in my opinion, not Salesforce. It's just force, right? It's marketing. It's Salesforce. It's revenue generation. It's all of these things. How do you think about how Salesforce first is positioned in terms of the context of this marketing revolution that you're talking about? First off, the customer is at the center of everything. So if we keep that in mind of saying context marketing means we have to understand the goal a person is trying to solve in a moment and then help them accomplish that goal. 
that interaction may happen at any point in time across the customer lifecycle, which means any department could be service, sales, marketing, could be support, could be the website. We need to make sure all that information is connected and we need to make sure there is a system of automation that also allows for things to happen, which is journeys, automations, that whole deal. So we're the number one CRM, number one marketing, number one support. And there's a lot of things that we're really good at so that positions us expertly to be able to say, listen, we have a 360 degree view of your customer and we can make sure that any experience that you create is as contextual as possible. So that's kind of where we sit, right? Our real big goal is to make sure that every brand and every business has a 360 degree view of their customer and can create the best possible experiences for them. It's interesting that you talk about Salesforce being sort of the 360-degree view. And that's one of the reasons why I think Salesforce and other more sort of network or platform plays, you know, I think of Salesforce as an enterprise tool. I'm sure that there are growth and SMBs that use their platform as well. But it is essentially for the enterprise customers that I typically think about what sits in the middle that connects to all of the marketing automation to the customer success, right? It is understanding of who the customer is, what their journey is, what their current state is, and it plugs and plays with all these different platforms. I think of HubSpot being more of a growth stage version of that. And then you get down into the me's of the world, the lifestyle and the SMBs. And I don't know if there is that sort of centralized view. We don't really have that customer data centric view. When you think about the different classes of business, Salesforce is probably priced out for the average entrepreneur trying to develop a business. HubSpot might be too. I think of that as a competitor. You know, How do you think about the tool sets and who else provides this sort of 360 degree view that are focused more for different stages of business? We actually do have a product called Salesforce Essentials, right? It's an SMB focused product where it's made specifically for that marketplace. So, you know, there's definitely a wide range of business. It doesn't matter what business you're in. You need to be able to put your customer at the center of that business and know who they are at every interaction. So as long as you can do that, and as long as it is an easy setup, and as long as that tool that you need accomplishes your goals, it's a great tool to use. So yes, there are lots of others. Yes, we do also service that SMB marketplace with a very specific product just designed for them. But you're right, there are, I think the MarTech landscape came out the other day and there are 8,000 MarTech vendors in this space. So there is a plethora of tools that you can pick and choose from. But I think the key that all businesses have to focus on is you need to start with a platform and then attach things to that platform. And depending on where you want to go and what you want to do, there's lots of different options. You named a couple of good ones that you can kind of pick and choose from. And I think each experience and each brand is going to have a different fit. It's going to kind of be based upon, one, what your people are best and most comfortable with. But if you have a marketing team that's very comfortable with a specific tool, it's probably best if they use that specific tool just because they know how to use it best. So, you know, there's lots of pros and cons with different ones, but I think that might get you to a good answer. So as you think about where Salesforce and some of the other tools that understand that 360 view of the customer, that sort of sits in the middle. It is the center of your marketing efforts. There's a bunch of other platform plays that are around that are essential to marketers. When you think about building a MarTech stack, when you think about you know what successful companies are doing to market, are there products and classes of business that you think are critical to the highest performing marketing teams? Do they all have... Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. 
And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. A Salesforce-esque platform connected to some sort of marketing automation service and a customer service and ticketing platform. Like, Talk to me about how you view companies building their stack to meet the needs of the current marketing universe. So telling someone in terms of a stack is very difficult just because each brand and each business is so different. Marketing is different for each company. Like I said, it depends on where you are in a marketplace as to how you then go to market in that marketplace. But to answer your question, there are a couple key core capabilities that businesses must have. One is they must have a single and shared view across the entire organization. In fact, what we found were high performers were 17 times more likely to be able to create a single and shared customer view across all departments. That's number one. And that also goes back, you know, we were talking about digital transformation and marketing transformation. Organizations were built in siloed structures where marketing was a silo and they each had their own fiefdoms of their own tools, their own reporting methods, and their own heads of state. We must get past that and reorganize the structure of the business where experience is across all of those, right? So it is a tool set that is shared where it's a single individual and you see a single customer across all. And then you're right. Then there next needs to be some type of scale capability, which is an automation in whatever shape and form. And to the term marketing automation, right? I wrote one of the first marketing automation books in 2013, Marketing Automation for Dummies. And now it's something radically different. Every tool has an automation capability. So it's not just do you have marketing automation, which is typically a specific tool that does email nurturing, behavioral-based, more B2B specific. It's can you tie all these disparate automations together to create a seamless journey across the entire network of your organization? And that's a much more difficult thing because if you think about chatbot, right, a really good example. A chatbot has lots of automations inside that one platform, but you may want to automate when that chatbot gets deployed by leveraging lots of other tools and technologies and data sets internally, depending on how complex you want to be. So automations are definitely another key characteristic. Then there's another, which is reporting. Right? We must be able to make sure that we can connect the dots as best as possible back to some type of a revenue number that allows us to then show the value. And I don't mean specifically attribution or ROI reporting, something more holistic, such as looking at weighted pipeline, understanding how we're changing the buying process, different types of engagement metrics. Yeah, it's funny. In my head, there's a little conflict here where 
we're working on launching a community or some sort of a membership site that's related to the podcast. And we have this internal debate of, you know, do we have a strategy problem where that we need to validate or do we have a platform problem? You mentioned before that the best performing marketing organizations get executive buy-in, which to me says the first thing you need to be a great marketing team is have the right strategy, and then you figure out the platform from there. Or is it the opposite? You need the platform to be able to engage with the customer and get data and then figure out what the strategy should be. Chicken or the egg, give me one. From a macro standpoint, it's always the executive down because here's what happens, right? Let's go through the big key things that high performers have. Number one is executive buy-in to a new idea of marketing. With that, they then get given a much bigger budget. So with that new idea, the executives say, listen, we understand that there's a technical requirement to doing this, and we will then open up the budget to do that. Gartner back in, I think, 2015 said by 2020, the marketing department is going to have the largest IT budget in an organization, eclipsing the IT budget. We are there now. The marketing budget for IT spend just for marketing technology is now greater than the IT budget for the IT department. Right? So we're in a radically different world. Good for you, Salesforce. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if your executives don't understand that, here's the scenario we've all faced, right? Because you talked about how we've transitioned from Web 1 to Web 2 to Web 3. Pick your number. We all remember going to the executive and say, listen, hey, we need a website. Wait, 15, 20 years ago, whenever this was. Maybe five for you, I don't know. Right? We need a website. And boss is like, cool, how much is that? And they're like, oh, that's a lot of money for a website. So you had to beg and plead and steal just to get a little bit of money for a website. Then you come back a few months later, we need some money for SEO. Are you kidding me? I just gave you money for this. Then you come back, I need money for an email tool. Come back, I need money for a social media tool. Come back. And we keep playing this game. And there's a really big problem that we've been playing is because we weren't able to realize the gains before we had to ask for the next investment for something else. So we were constantly growing. That's just how fast this thing went, right? Let's see, in 2009, the MarTech landscape had 150 companies in it. 11 years later, it has 8,000. I don't know the math on that. I can't do it that fast in my head. But that is a lot of growth, right? I think the last time I looked, it was like a 45X. There's even podcasts popping up around it. Yeah, it's insane. That's great. <laughs> so those are the key core capabilities, right? You've got to have the buy-in. You've got to have the budget. The other is modes of working. So then the budget opens up the technology. And yes, we do see core capabilities in technology. They have a centralized repository system that allows them to create a single customer view. Typically, we would call that a CRM. They have some type of automation platform, right? Typically marketing automation platforms, what we would call that. Then they have some way of identifying and connected data sets, whether that's a CDP or a DMP, depending on first and third, they've got the ability to connect different data sets together to solve what I call the identity crisis. And if we want to think about this, just think about this from a basic mathematical problem. The average company has 15 different data sources. The average company also has about 20 different tools inside their marketing stack. Here's the problem. Each one of those tools and technologies and data sources uses a different unique identifier for each individual. Some use a hash, some use an email, some use a cookie. There's lots of different ones. So we have an identity crisis. If we can't specifically tie all that data together to know who a person is in a single moment, we can't meet them in the context of that moment. So then they also they can solve the identity crisis. And then past that, one of the other key traits is actually not technological, it's operational. It's they learn to work in new ways. So go back to what we talked about. If we sit in a room and try to come up with the most crazy, impressive, creative thing and push it out there and invest all our time into creating this, that's no different than how we built products in 1990. We started to learn that Agile was a much better way of building things. Now, let's just think about this from a standpoint of we all understand waterfall. Some of us call that assembly line. And here's what I found about assembly line. 
assembly line was created by a man named Henry Ford, right? That's why he's famous. Not because he created the car, he created the assembly line. The assembly line was such an amazing creation that a lot of us don't know how amazing it was. It took the production of a car from 12 hours down to two hours and 30 minutes. Right, specialization. Right, it's insane. But when we move now into a new era, what didn't Henry Ford have? An iPhone. <laughs> so he didn't have that either. Henry Ford did not have instant feedback. Mm -hmm. Now we live in a world where there's instant publication with instant feedback. So now we have these loops, these feedback loops. And Agile is a new method of working when you live in an environment with instant feedback, right? And you create such a better product so much faster. In fact, I was talking to one of the world's largest banks. They moved their entire marketing organization into an Agile structure and an Agile workflow. And I said, well, listen, if I want to tell people about this, you've got to give me some type of a metric, right? Like we are X percent more efficient. We produce whatever. And he goes, we don't have one of those numbers. I was like, this is going to be very hard for me to sell it to people. He says, well, here's what we do. We create the highest amount of value per unit of time. I go home at the end of every day. I'm not stressed. I come back not feeling overworked. Tell me a marketer that doesn't want that. Tell me a brand that doesn't want that. <laughs> that's, just, that's just not reality. Right? So that's what we can find by an agile process and workflow is a different way of working where we have different priorities and are operating for a different goal. Man, we've covered a lot of ground, gone from where Salesforce is positioned in the marketing industry to some of the other assets that you need to be accessible marketers. And then also the philosophy of how you're going to organize your marketing team, whether you're waterfall or agile. I think if there's anything that we can simplify this down, and I've used this metaphor before, is that I think of marketing very much like I think about dating. You have to be the right person, right place, right time. And to be able to do that, you need to be well-organized, give yourself as many shots as you can, but also understand the context of who you're talking to and when and where. That, to me, distills marketing down to a very simple process as opposed to something that feels incredibly complex. All of these tools and technologies that we're building, it's about understanding who the customer is, what their state is, so you understand how to deliver the right message to them, and then be able to evaluate whether it worked to make sure that you're figuring out if that is the right message. Does my dating metaphor hold water with your theories? Yeah, pretty much. And I think one of the big things that I would add to that is it's very simplistic until you have to scale it. And that's why it's so complex is to scale something with so many different moving parts on a hyper-personal level is very difficult when you do that across an entire marketplace. And that's why it's such a technical feat. I wouldn't recommend this for marketing, but I will say I'm also a big fan of monogamy. <laughs> so, you know, that solves that problem when we use the dating metaphor. Anyway, <laughs> Matt, as much as I kid, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I thought this was really interesting stuff. I gained a lot of value out of hearing you talk about where we are in marketing, what are some of the best practices for all organizations, not just Salesforce. Thanks for being my guest. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. That wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Matthew Sweezy, Director of Market Strategy at Salesforce, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Matt, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is msweezy, M-S-W-E-E-Z-E-Y. Or you can visit his personal website, which is matthewsweezy.com. There's only one T. It's M-A-T-H-E-W-S-W-E-E-Z-E-Y.com. 
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com. We've got summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can sign up for a once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.